Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is Will Friedle. He is an actor, comedian, and writer, and on my very first job in the early 90s, I worked with Will on a little TV show called Boy Meets World. Please enjoy. Will Friedle, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thanks for having me. My brother, I uh, I was thinking about you, and you are one of the people who I've known, first of all, for 30 years. That's weird. Um, yeah, oh God, it's right? not it's not a huge group of people outside like my immediate family but you're in there and uh and i was i was thinking back to like you were utterly my perception of a guy who could eat whatever he wanted and didn't have to put any effort into life at all for your body and then like a few years ago we started talking about physical stuff and i was just like will has oh, these yeah. concerns will is uh, of my tribe i think oh, yeah. i think my tribe actually in reality is everyone and uh <laughs> it's just my perception of that like i'm the abnormal guy out which i can still rationalize that but what like what was happening with you what were you oh, doing man i well first of all i wish that was the case i have struggled with my weight my whole life i mean i was always the chubby kid um and then I started acting, you know, I started when I was 10 and, you know, we, we don't like to, to believe it's true, but how we look and take care of ourselves, especially back in the eighties and the nineties was hugely important to whether or not you worked. Yeah. Uh, so it was there, you'd go through period, I'd go through periods of, of being very overweight, then only slightly overweight. And then 
too thin. Uh, Cause I remember what happened was first season of boy meets world. Uh, I had was starting to put on weight. I was 16. I just moved out from California. I wasn't with my parents. It was the first time I wasn't under their roof and I had no rules, but I also had no, um, training for lack of a better word in how to sustain myself as a human. I mean, I, 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 I wasn't shopping for groceries for myself at 16. I was stopping at a drive-thru on the way home because that's, I had to feed myself. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't prepared for any of that, which by the way, it's completely and totally my own fault. I, I, I took no responsibility for taking care of myself in any way, shape or form. And, but uh, what 16 year old kid is cracked right. up for that? Like, right. Hey, you're out on your own. You're not, that's not even college aged. No. And it was, it was one of those things where it was the little stuff. I, I walked by a pile of clothes in my bedroom for a month before I realized no one's going to do those. Like yeah. you got to do your wash, dude. You got to change your sheets. You got to, and, and eating was a huge thing for me because I wouldn't, you'd go to the set where you bet you grew up on sets too, or you, you've been on sets most of your life. There's a ton to eat and no real food. Yeah. So you're, you're surrounded by craft service, which is Twizzlers and pretzels. And then they'd bring out some sort of meatball or soup. I mean, it was not good food. And you're eating a ton of bread. You're, there's bagels everywhere. and all. So I'm eating that for breakfast and lunch because it was there. And then I drive home for dinner and I'd stop at a drive through on the way home. I'm 16, 17, got to eat. And so I'm four months into boy, not to mention at the time I had a huge addiction to soda. Um, right. The the uh, prop guy would or the, the craft service guy would put a case of Coke in my in my trailer every morning and three quarters to all of it was gone at the end of the day. I drink like 15 to 18 Cokes a day. And by halfway through the season, I had put on serious weight. And one of the producers pulled me aside after one run through and said, hey, man, you're getting you're getting big and we can see on camera that you're getting big. Um, and that scared me. And yeah. so when you see the end of the first season to the start of the second season, I'm like 45 to 50 pounds lighter for the start of the second season, because I went instantly the other way where, you know, you're 16, your body doesn't necessarily go into starvation mode. It eats itself the right way. So I just got really rail thin, which is when I met you. Yeah. So I, you thought that like, wow, this guy can eat whatever he wants and be rail thin where I had like starved myself to get to that point because I had the talking to on the set and, uh, and it's been a struggle ever since. And was that, was that all like it was they talked to you and you just were like, that's it. I'm just going to be hungry. There was no you didn't do like a specific diet. It was just I'm going to withhold myself. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. I was going to I was a heavy cigarette smoker, so I relied on caffeine and nicotine to kind of keep myself going. And, um, you know, I was at a delicate time in the show where I knew that they were they were bringing in characters. They brought in, you know, you and Danny and Joey. And they were focusing more on the uh, the older characters. I was being written in kind of less and less. So I had this idea of like, man, if I'm not what they want me to be, I'm going to be gone. Right. Um, you know, we've talked a ton about how our producer was notorious for firing people. And I owe him a lot because he gave me my opportunities. But we also knew that we'd be working with somebody on a Monday and they'd be gone on Tuesday. Yeah. And you never knew who it was going to be. So if I didn't look the part, I thought I was going to go. So I just essentially starved myself. And it's funny because we're doing uh, the rewatch of the show. And when we got into season two, that was one of the first comments was just like, look how it's like dangerously thin. Right. And and people talk about and, and you don't realize it until you see yourself on camera. 
to look that thin on camera, you do look 10 pounds lighter in person. Yeah. Um. So you, you, you know, you see kind of the, the Brad Pitts and stuff like that. I, you see him in person and you're like, they're, He's gone. He's tiny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Brad Uh, Pitt in in Fight Club, which was the physique that everybody talked about for so long. And it's like, I'm going to get jacked and be like Brad Pitt. It's like, no, dude, just stop. Like he is. He is fucking small. He's actually small. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny. I remember standing next to him is the only time I ever met him. We were both recording something at the same recording studio and we were outside smoking a cigarette. And I, the, it was the only thing going through my head was I cannot get over how thin this guy is. Right. It was amazing. You know, it's funny. It's one of your films was the body I always wanted. I always wanted Ed Norton's body from yeah. American History X. Yeah. I thought he had because he was like he was cut, but not that like sucked in, shredded. His arms and shoulders were big. Like I always wanted that kind of body. That was great. Yeah. But man, I was always amazed with when you do run into actors that you have that ideal of like. Just like you said, oh, they never have to they ever have to work out. They never have to do anything like that. They just always look like that and they don't have to put in any work to do it. Uh, and then you meet them and you're like, damn, you're super thin. Yeah. Uh, which and I'll never it, be. So isn't that something too? like I, I, I always had that and and still do where they're just a lot of actors are just smaller than we would think. We see them as larger than life. And then you you're around them and you're like, you're really not you're like, yeah. There's not much there. You're yeah. not not in a mental or philosophical yeah. way, but just physically. Yeah. Which I think is one of the f- crazy things about what we do, which is like the camera makes you bigger. No matter yeah. what, you're going to be bigger. I, I can't remember the last fan interaction I had convention, anything that somebody doesn't say wow, you're all way shorter than I thought you were going to be. Because <laughs> right. I was like the tallest one on boy. I'm five nine. Yeah. So it's you, you see people, it's like, oh, you were, you towered over everyone and thought you were six too. It's like, no, I, I just, uh, he just, I'd never, never met him before, but the last convention we did, um, uh, Chris Evans was at and he walked by me and he's like an inch taller than me. I thought all these right. guys were like, you know, six, two, six, three. It's just not the case. Yeah. You're so a Marvel it's... superhero. You're larger than life. Yeah. And you're not uh, six feet tall. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's amazing. The camera really does make everybody everybody bigger. So yeah. uh, and you got to be cognizant of that. How how hard was that? And and was there was there were there did the struggle come back? Like, did you let it go after the show? And go like, I'm oh, not doing no. this anymore. I so I mean, so I well, a couple things happened. So first of all, it was like season five of boy meets world i got hit with a pretty severe anxiety disorder that just took my legs out from under me yeah and it happened in a split second it happened in the middle of a take of filming a movie they used the take so i can actually point to my first ever panic attack i'm on screen with gabrielle union i'm like that's that's my first panic attack um is that and rough? Watch it. Have you rewatched it? I have. I've, yes. Once or twice. And um, it's rough only because I knew where it led me. I yeah. knew that was the the genesis of a very, very rapid, very downward spiral that that happened instantaneously. I mean, anybody who's dealt with any sort of mental illness knows that. It, and this it is not hyperbole. One second you're fine and the next second you're not. Um, right. So it's it's uh, usually hits you in your early 20s. And it just it was the the only time it ever happened like this. But it was a Sopranos kind of panic attack where I like couldn't catch my breath. The room spun and I felt like it started in that take and they called cut. I ran in my trailer. I passed out. That had never happened before or since. Right. Um, but Boy Meets World was starting. The next season was starting 
like three weeks later. And by that point, I didn't know what was happening with me. I thought I was dying because that's the first thing you think when your your mind changes that fast. When all of a sudden the one thing you can count on your own brain is now your enemy. You're everything changes that how you see the world, your perception, color, taste, everything is different. And now I have to perform in front of an audience, which used to be my favorite thing in the world. And now I'm terrified to do. So I went to my doctor who had been my is still my doctor, had been my doctor since I was 17. He said, I think you're dealing with anxiety. I said, no, it's it's not. It's I have cancer. You know, I had a stroke. Something horrible is going on right now. And he's like, let me read you some symptoms. I was like, all right. And he started reading off these symptoms. I'm like, yes, that whatever you're reading, that's what it is. And he turned over the pamphlet that says, so you're dealing with anxiety. Right. So I had to medicate myself just to perform. And when I started to take the medication, I put on weight again. Yeah. So I come back for season four or five and I'm again now 30, 35 pounds heavier than I was. And it was the only way I could perform. And then you you get into your head where it's like, well, then what does it matter? Now I'm, I can just be the funny guy. It doesn't matter that I'm I'm heavy. They're going to write to the fact that I'm heavy, which they started to do. And it's like, OK, I'll just lose myself in the jokes of the fact that I'm heavy. I'll make them first. I'll, you know, I'll do oh, I can eat the whole piece of pizza, whatever you got to do to get through that day. That's what you do. And then the show ended and I had deals to move on to other shows. And my agent just constantly would call me and go, they kept asking, what does he look like now? What does he look like now? Really? What does he look like now? And he would say that to me. He's like, that's that's their first question because they know. And I went and did a pilot for NBC right after the show. And I was super heavy. And they essentially said, um, we're, we're going to pick up the show, but we've got a couple months before we start in a very nice way. Don't look like this when we start again. Wow. Um, so I didn't, and I went back to what I had to do. I starved myself again and I smoked cigarettes and, uh, luckily I found a trainer at the time, but he helped me start that kind of physical journey, but the, I hadn't yet found the diet part of the journey. So it was still smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee and working out. Right. Um, which worked. I mean, again, when I went back to the show, I, I looked a hell of a lot better than I did, but it's not sustainable. So I've been yo-yoing. I think I've lost up to 60 pounds four times in my life as recently as two, two and a half. Like the pandemic, I lost a whole bunch of weight again. And this is the first time in my entire life that I've managed to find a way to keep it off. Yeah. Um, And I still will still yo-yo 10 or 15 pounds, 20 pounds. But I catch it now where it's like, uh uh-uh, not going down that trail again. And I get healthy again. So it's 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 a fight. It's a constant fight. Dude, it's a constant fight for like. I, I don't think you have to do this, but I don't want to tell you what you have to do or not. But please, me, please. No, I've I've literally just resigned myself to this is a fight forever. Yeah. In, unless the apocalypse comes and there's a food shortage and suddenly the majority of my time is spent actually seeking food. Right. Yeah. And to survive, this will be as long as the landscape of America remains what it is. I will be doing battle every day, basically. It's, and I mean, and I'll, it's, win, I'll lose some battles and I'll win some battles. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's a great mindset because that's my problem was always. And and it, it's such a cliche, but the older you get, the wiser you get, obviously. Um, and it really that's what has helped me more than anything. It's the mental side that helps me learn than anything, because Physically, I'm I still work out twice a day, sometimes three times a day. I do it for my mental health. I don't always work out properly because I do a lot of cardio because I know it helps me. It helps my mind. But I know that's not the best way to burn fat. So I'm 
I'm still struggling with things and I'm really now working on the diet and I'm starting to finally flip over the packages and realize what I'm putting into my body, which changes your life. I mean, that Mm -hmm. one motion of turning your wrist to do that to the back of the package. My wife, who's a personal trainer, has been like, we've been talking about this forever. And I'm like, I know, but I'm actually starting to do it where it's even things you think are good for you aren't, or you've got all this genetically modified shit that they're putting in everything nowadays. And so I'm very much a neophyte when it comes to that stuff. I'm, I'm learning as I go. Um, but the, you know, I'm, I'm, you keep hearing you, you deny, especially when you're younger, you deny, there's no way it can be 70 or 80% diet. No way. If I just keep working out, I'm going to be fine. It can't just be my food. No way. And it's true. I mean, it's it's like 70, 80% is just what you're putting in your body. Yeah. So I, I think what, you know, look, I cardio, not cardio, lifting weights, whatever exercise you're doing, like what you said, how you're doing it for your mental health. So am I. I, yeah. I, I, I do cardio every day. It's I don't like it as much as lifting weights, but I do it because I feel better. It it opens up the day. The day becomes a different day for me if I if I do cardio. If Sundays are days I go like, okay, I'm not going to do any intentional workouts. Like if I go for a walk, that's not a workout. I'm not getting on a machine or going right. to the gym. And it's not as good a day ever as a day when I go to the gym. And I think that there's so much like hard scientific evidence that you are healthier, you're mentally healthier, you're just going to do better. And and as far as weight loss goes, yeah, exercising to lose weight is is a bad strategy. It's a difficult strategy because you can't out-exercise a poor diet, basically, uh, in the long term. But like added to your life as a supplemental thing to assist in the diet and to make you feel better, it's like the greatest thing we could do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm start. It's so funny because I was always that guy who hated every form of exercise. I just hated it, and I think that's normal. I didn't. I kind of don't want to get up and even go for a walk. Come on, this is ridiculous. I don't. I'm not going to run. Certainly, what the hell? And I, and I'd make jokes about it. Yeah, oh, hey, I was a guy. I was going. Hey, if you see me running, you know somebody's chasing me. But blah, 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 you know, yeah. like that's how I dealt with everything. And that was what I found during the pandemic that really helped me was running, and then it expanded where I was very lucky in that the end of my street turns into trails that go up into the woods. And then I started trail running and certain things changed where it was like the music I was listening to got lower and lower. And then I wasn't wearing headphones and I was just out in nature and I was running the trails. And I noticed my big, I I would send you pictures occasionally. I remember going like, I killed my clone today. And the, one of the reasons that I knew I was doing that is because My mindset changed in a way that I never thought was going to be possible. I was never the guy that got to the top of the hill and looked up and saw another peak and went, I'm going up there now. And all of a sudden I became that guy. I literally went, wait, I'm not at the top. That's the top. I want to go see up there. And I was excited to get up there. And and that's why I looked at myself as like, wow, that's totally different than I ever was. Yeah. Um, And then I struggled again after that because one thing hit me after another, I got COVID. And then after, so I didn't work out for like, you know, the week and a half, whatever it was that I got COVID. And then after that, I hurt my shoulder. And then after that, I hurt my knee. And then I changed my shoes because I hurt my knee and I got shin splints. So then all of a sudden three months goes by and I've now genuinely had some things happen, but also just gotten into a pattern of, oh, I'm not working out again. And now I have an excuse to not do it. 
to then I look down, it's like, well, yeah, you've put on 15 pounds. It's like, because yeah. you, you get, you are now back into this trench and you have to then start over. And I started with the running up the street again and then running down the street again. And then, and I just, I, I'm now to that place where I don't want to have to keep starting over. I yeah. want to, I want to sustain. And that's like you said, it's a lifelong struggle and I'm learning every day. It's a lifelong struggle and it, it it actually takes work to, because I'm just like you, man. I, I remember I got obsessed with cycling and there is something magical about cardio, like the yeah. high, whatever endorphin rush I get from cardio is very different than the feeling of peace that I get from lifting weights. Very different. It is like a high. It is like, yeah not a line of cocaine, but it's like something has <laughs> entered my system yeah. that was not there. And I, I could do that for eight hours straight, just wow. ride my bike and just feel this elation. And there was something with the cadence of my pe pedal that was like almost like a mantra or Zen-like, right? And then something happens and I got I, I crashed and was off the bike for a while. And then getting back on, that's starting over it's so weird to try and convince yourself, no, it feels good. You feel good. You enjoy it. You know, it's just that kind of starting over. So I'm right there with you with everything I do today is in an attempt to replicate it for the rest of my life. Nothing will ever be put me at risk of what I'm doing is so hard. I could damage myself and be out. But but look, there is also life like I've had sicknesses where you have to stop. And then every time the day after a sickness, getting back into the gym is a struggle. It's always a struggle to restart that routine. Yeah, it is. It's also it's I mean, just what you said, it, it's very difficult to resign. I'll speak for myself, resign myself to the fact that it's forever. Yeah. I mean, that that's a, that forever is a lot. I mean, I, I, I've, I've never been to AA or any of those things where you're supposed to take it one day at a time because the idea that, no, this is now, this is life. This is the new normal is these, <laughs> is this exercise? Is this, it's not a diet. This is just how you're eating now. That can be overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, and there's times where then I do crash because I'm like, no, no, no I'm not, I'm going to McDonald's or whatever crap thing I'm going to put into my body, knowing full well it's crappy knowing it's going to make me feel terrible physically and mentally and and no and then knowing i'm going to wake up the next morning and be like why why did you do that like what right. so it is it's that moment of uh, you know trying to find that peace within myself to be like the new normal is good yeah but you have to understand that it is normal and you know, living the life that I lived at 20, where I'm smoking weed all the time, I'm smoking a pack and a half to two packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, you're killing your body, but you're doing it and your body's resilient enough to take a lot of it at the time. Yeah, you had to hit it. I had to hit a spot. I mean, I'm uh, next May 27th. I just hit the th is I'm 10 years without a cigarette, which is the Amazing. best thing I've ever done in my life. Um, so it's that was the new normal for me then. And I loved it. So I have to resign myself to the fact that some of this new normal is going to be very difficult, but it's what you have to do. If you want to have any sort of life, um, that's going to, you know, your, your body breaks down eventually. And, and the human body used to last 30, 40 years, right. um, you know, medical science. Now it's lasting 70, 80, 90, a hundred years. And if you don't keep it up, it's going to, it's going to break down. So yeah. it's tough though. I don't want to dissuade anybody when I say I picture this for the rest of my life because I, I, I'm also sober and I do practice a day at a time. 
I just, I just am not looking for the day that all of this goes away. Does that make sense? Because for so long I was, I was looking for rehab. I go into rehab and when I come out, all of my compulsions and my need to use drugs to escape whatever I'm not dealing with in the present that would go away. I wouldn't need to do that anymore. And that never happened. And so now, and so then I had to confront the fact that, oh, I'm just, this is what I'm saddled with. And I'm probably always going to have these urges. How do I deal with them? So they're not damaging me. I think this will be my life forever. But if I, if I look at it at that scope, it's overwhelming. I'm going right. to, I'm going to fail. So yeah. I will take it a day at a time. And I, I kind of have applied that to dieting too, man, because I, I, you know, you've lost weight multiple times. Didn't you wish like, if I just lose the 60 pounds, I'm done. I don't have yeah. to think about it anymore. Yep. And, and, and then you wake up 60 pounds heavier, like, fuck, I got to do this again. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, there, there's no, that's the thing that I'm trying to remind myself. And I, I have, I put little notes around the house to kind of motivate me or do things uh, that, I'll look at or I'll listen to certain things. One of my favorite things ever, and I forget the man's name, I'm going to do him an injustice, but it's the admiral that gave the great speech about start every day by making your bed. Yeah. Have a, he, I forget his name, but he went and he was just like, you get out of your bed and you make your bed every morning because you before your feet are really even, you've started your day, you've already accomplished something. Right. And, and worst case scenario, you've had a horrible, shitty, awful day and you get to come home to a bed that's made perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just this beautiful speech he talks about, but I have these things all around, all around my house. And one of them I have in my bedroom just says, there's no end date. Yeah. Because there is no end date. It's yeah. it's and that's OK. It's like it's you know, you get this kind of exactly like you're saying, oh, it's going to be 30 days of this or it's going to be it's like, no, this is going to be a life change that I have to get with. And I'm still struggling with that all the time. Yeah. Um, I just started, uh, you know, working on uh, trying to find a new diet program right now. And I'm trying I've tried cow, you know, cow fit meals. And, and the one thing that actually, strangely enough, started the whole journey originally uh, at the beginning of the pandemic when I lost that 50 or 60 pounds was Nutrisystem, right? which is it's crap food. I mean, it's bad, but it's perfectly portioned crap food. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was able to put this in your mouth at this time of day and nothing else, maybe add a vegetable. And, you know, the first week I lost like 12 pounds and then that gets me motivated to keep going. And then that's when the running really kicked in and the combination of the two, I did that for, you know, 30 or 60 days, something like that. Um, I'd lost a bunch of weight. And with, then with the running, I was able to sustain it. But then you start to, well, hey, now I can add this one thing back in or this one thing back in. And then next thing you know, well, my leg hurts, so I'm not going to run. Well, it's been a week. Well, the combination of that not running and the thing I put back in, now all of a sudden I'm 15 pounds. And it just, it happens like that for me. Yeah. Um. So it is, it's, I'm, I'm constantly fighting it. And I never, here's the other thing. And I think a lot of people deal with this. I know I do. I never know what's necessarily right because there's so many possible options of diet, exercise, a combination of the two, lifting, cardio, calorie work versus calorie or carb cycling, keto versus, I mean, you get overwhelmed with this shit. Yeah. So you don't know what's going to work for you. And I still fight with that kind of stuff. The, yeah. Look, the those diets like Nutrisystem, they're, it's, it's really so awful because it works because you're in a caloric deficit and and you're not thinking about anything else. Everything's off limits except this, right? And so that's easy. We can just do this. 
the problem is it's so awful that you can't do that forever. Right. There comes an end point where you just can't do it anymore. And the minute you have to figure out what to eat, you've been given no tools on the diet to discern what to eat. It's just like eat this package and that's it. Don't think about it. Great. So that works for a girl trying to get into a wedding dress. Right. Or something like that. Or if you're going to do a movie and you need to lose X amount of pounds by X date. Yeah. Okay. Do that. Mm, you probably should do it during the movie too. Cause craft service will fuck you up. <laughs> You'll yeah. gain weight and it won't yep. look good. Um, but for life, all of these diets result in fat loss. If you're taking in less energy than you're expending. And so that's where like, yeah, Exercise can give you a little boost of energy expenditure. So that can help. That can offset some of it. Um, But like people that lose weight on these diets are accidentally when you're not actually considering energy balance, you're accidentally having energy balance occur. And the problem with that is. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As you lose weight the energy balance evens out. So you'll have plateaus, you'll stall on diets, right? Because you're now just eating the amount of energy your body now needs because it's smaller. And so your, your total energy intake that's necessary has come down. And so in order to see another result in, so anytime people are not, look, it's fucked, but in the, in the landscape of the way food is so prevalent, if we if we eat without knowing what uh, uh, um, amounts will result in weight loss, especially if we have massive amounts of weight loss, like 60 pounds is I, I think oh, 50 or more pounds of weight is massive weight loss. Right. It's right. not yeah. five pounds. It's not 10 pounds. It's 50 pounds at some point might benefit you to know how mu- how much energy does my body require every day? Now, if I do my exercise. 
that energy need is is raised a little bit. And so what can I eat? What does that look like? What are a variety of foods that I want to eat look like? And then you can start playing with, well, do I like keto? Do I feel better when I'm doing keto? Do I feel better when I'm doing paleo or vegan or any of these things? In order to produce fat loss, they all require energy balance. Like you have to be in an energy deficit. And so all of that stuff becomes tricky because you're going to hit plateaus. You're going to hit all this stuff. And if you're not actually considering the energy now, look, if somebody's a hundred pounds overweight and you go, just stop eating processed foods probably will result in some weight loss. Right. But it's probably not going to get you all the way there. There needs to, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it becomes very tricky. And I don't think any of the fad diets that sell themselves as absolutely the best, they might be absolutely the best for someone. They're certainly not absolutely the best for everyone. Right. Well, I mean, and so you started by saying something very interesting, which I, I've never understood the best way to do this. You said you've got to figure out like how much energy your body needs and then the best diet to kind of go to that. What's the best way to figure out how much energy your body needs? It For me, it took a couple of weeks. I, I literally just Googled uh, basal metabolic rate and uh, calculator, basal metabolic rate calculator. I'm writing this down. Hang on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That just means what it's going to be. You're going to plug in numbers. You Google basal metabolic rate calculator, and then you'll get a template and it'll say, how old are you? How tall are you? What do you weigh? What's your activity le level? And it will spit out a figure and it will give you what those calculations should equal your daily calories. Okay. It's never it's never exactly right. And so you got to go like, OK, I'm going to eat exactly that and see what happens for two weeks. And if you have maintained your weight over two weeks and you got to take into account, there can be fluid uh, fluctuations. So a pound here or there on the scale or two or three pounds even is not necessarily indicative that you're off. If you're steadily gaining weight over two weeks, it's too many calories. If you're steadily losing weight over two weeks, it's too, too few calories. So you figure out that number based on that. If you start doing it and in a week you've lost five pounds, it's probably way too few calories. So you up it and you okay. up it until you kind of play with it. And then you get this number. Now, if you lose weight, that number is not going to be fixed. The number is going to come down. So but that's how it's, I it's always it a strong, right. It's always a fit. You, you got to change it for whatever you're doing. And yeah, that, yeah it's, oh, it is. It's, it's a constant, it's a, a constant journey. I wouldn't say struggle. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to start it where I'm like, you know, um, it's a, 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 an adversarial kind of relationship. I, it's a journey. I know that. Yeah. And it's going to be tough for me the entire way, but it, it's the, I, I, I'm one of those people I love. And I know that you were like this, uh, especially back in the day, you know, you you always had the great, you know, Bukowski and the great kind of poets. And so you loved knowledge, yeah. which was uh, which I'm the same way. So the kind of the learning what I need to do is kind of enjoyable for me because yeah. I like I like figuring out. And again, I know that it's going to work for some people, not going to work for other people. This is going to work for me. That's not going to work for me. But figuring out what's going to work for me, I find that a far more enjoyable task than actually implementing it. If that makes sure. sense. It's like, it's totally. like gaining the knowledge is better than actually having to do the exercise. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's a perfect example. I, I keep reading about um, intermittent fasting. Yeah. 
And everyone's like, you got to try intermittent fasting. It's the greatest thing in the world. And then the next article will be like, no, no, no. Five small meals a day. You got to start in the morning. It's like, well, fuck, that's directly opposite of the thing that I just read. Yeah. So there's so much out there that you are, uh, you know, you're inundated with the best way to do it, quote unquote. And it, then the next article completely contradicts the one that you just read. Yeah. And so it can get really confusing. And yeah. and it's it is it's that tough moment of I mean, where do you stand on intermittent fasting? Do you eat when you wake up or do you do you I do eat later in the day? Yeah, no. But, and and the the science would suggest that there is absolutely no benefit to intermittent fasting. However, if you're a person who wakes up and doesn't eat, then maybe you would benefit simply because you're not trying to force food into a system that you've never felt comfortable. Like I have a, my 18 year old daughter, she doesn't like breakfast. She just doesn't like it. So when I, when I say like, no, you got to eat right now, she's like, I I feel nauseous when I eat in the morning. I don't want to eat in the morning. And so like, okay, why would you? So then you're not a five meal person. Right. And, and so but that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean you have to limit your feeding to eight hours, but whatever. But if if you feel better when you're eating within eight hours, then do that. There, right. There's no there's no harm to it at all. But when somebody would say, like, you can eat whatever you want in this eight hour period or six hour period and, and you'll lose all the weight you need. That's not true. That's right. just not true. And it doesn't. It doesn't mess with building muscle. It doesn't reduce your ability to build muscle as long as you're getting enough protein. It doesn't assist in weight loss. It's not bad or good, but it's better for someone who is like, you know, I'm trying to eat five meals a day. It's ruining my life. Don't do that. Right. Because five meals a day aren't necessary either at all. I personally like kind of go back and forth between six and two meals. Sometimes I eat two, sometimes I eat six. And when I eat two, I find myself going like, I can't really finish this second meal. It's too much. Mm. And then I haven't eaten enough. And, and so like, that's not the best scheme for me. Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing is just so strange. I mean, that's my other problem is I am a, a quote unquote rule follower. Yeah. So it's like somebody's like, you got to try keto. I went, all right. So I opened up. What's the best way to do keto? Well, you got to start your day with an eight egg omelet kind of thing. And I was like making it the first day. My wife's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, well, it says in the book. I'm so she's like, you don't need to start with eight eggs. She's like, start with the three. I'm like, no, it says I need eight eggs right here. And she's like, you're you're fucking sick. You're crazy. Like you don't you can adjust for yourself. I'm like, no, it says in the book right here. Um, So that's my other problem is that I'm trying to I'm trying to be okay with putting what's right for me into the yes. world of health yeah. as opposed to this is what the book tells me is okay with me even though like your daughter's perfect example i i get nauseous if i eat first thing in the morning but if the book says i gotta eat first thing in the morning i'm gonna be nauseous for the first hour because i'm gonna force myself to eat so that's where i'm 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 not to the trusting myself phase of my health journey to where I can be like, no, I'm going to substitute this. I'm going to take from this program and from this program and from this program, and I'm going to come up with something that works for me. I don't have the, um, well, frankly, the balls to do that yet because I just, I feel like I'm, no, if I don't do exactly what they say, I'm not going to get the benefits that they're talking about. And I just don't have the confidence to kind of say, nope, that doesn't work for me. So I'm going to swap this out. Yeah. I think in in scientific terms, science 
should say like there are no absolutes like yeah. there are always going to be outliers but there are a few things that are so consistent we'll call them laws still can't say they're absolutely infallible but for they're so infallible that they're like we call them laws of science thermodynamics is a law of science so right. like that's pretty much the only thing that i kind of cling on to which is energy in energy out you can you can frame it however you want you can frame it a, around processed food you can frame it around a paleolithic uh aesthetic you can frame it around eating high fat eating low carb eating a uh, high carb and low fat you can frame it around anything but you can't really you can't really beat thermodynamics and so that's kind of what I fall back on is like I've failed so many times trying to do diets that I believed were going to beat thermodynamics that I believed like, you know, if you just put your food in this structure, then quantities truly don't matter because they were kind of sold to me that way. But starting when I was a little kid, like you can eat anything on this list in any quantity you want and you will achieve a thin body. And it just was never true because right. I can overeat olive oil and I can overeat. You know, if you put olive oil on it, I can overeat broccoli and and, right. and chicken and, and beef and all of the stuff that I was told, like, if this is pasture raised, it can't. The, there's no antibiotics. Well, guess what? No, I can overeat pa pasture raised beef that's non GMO and, and humanely raised and like all that I can overeat it. And so yeah. at some point, thermodynamics might play a role. Now, if you if some guy does keto and it works for him because he just started eating less because he, he was on keto and as he lost weight, he naturally ate less and he's this big success story. That's amazing. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying that's not going to happen to everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I understand that was, that was one of the things that was, I think the most difficult thing for me. And it's something that I'm still struggling with on a daily basis is I had to come to grips with the fact that overall I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with food. Right. Um, and that's kind of where it's, where it had to start for me, which is, uh, you know, because you, you, what made me think of that is the overeating. I tend to overeat constantly. I hate walking away from the table feeling hungry. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where I, I when my wife would be like, you don't have to finish that or, or you know, and and she was first of all, she's never pushy. She's never been my trainer. We've always she's always like, I'm your wife. I'm not your trainer. I'm not going to sit okay. here. I'm not your mom. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. Um, but I'm always finishing the plate and she's walking away. I'm like, why aren't you going to finish that? She's like, I don't have to finish everything on my plate. I can put this away and eat it later. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to. And she's like, why? Why do you have to finish? And I'll look at her and be like, to me, this might sound harsh, but it's it's like having sex and not coming. Like, what the hell is the point? <laughs> right. What are we if doing had, here? Right. If I or just had a staying? meal. Yeah. Right. I just had a meal and I walked away and I'm still hungry. Then what the hell was the point of sitting down? Yeah. And I had to kind of come to the come to the realization where it's like, no, you don't. OK, if, maybe if it's psychological and I have to see an empty plate, put less on my plate. Right. You know, so it was, it's the little things that I had to realize that I I, I was never a snacker. I was a, oh man, I'm only going to eat lunch, but my lunch has to be a giant sandwich and a huge burrito. And yeah. then I'm just going to have dinner, but dinner is going to be X, Y, and Z. And it's a giant. So it's like, well, I only had two meals. I still had 4,500 calories or something like that, but I only had two meals. 
I mean, I remember I would go to Chipotle and more than once the person behind me in the line would go, man, I've never seen a burrito that big. You think you can finish that? <laughs> and it was like, I know I can do it, you know, because I had the double meat and I they had to, they had to wrap it in two tortillas because the thing I got was so big. And and then I would go back and I'd finish the entire thing and, and the chips on the side. And that was just lunch. Yeah. And so I had to come to the realization where it's like, dude, you have a and I don't know where it came from. I, I honestly don't know where it was, but it's like you have a really unhealthy relationship with food. So it had to start there with me. Um, and I'm still like I said, I'm still struggling with that all the time. Um, we joked about it on, on our podcast, but for this is how bad it was. I would get so much at a drive through that I would invent another person in the car or at home. Yeah. To where I would literally go, all right, so give me a number one super size with a Coke. Uh, I need a big, I also need a Big Mac fries. Oh, and what did Steve want? Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me a number three too. Like, and it was all for me. Yeah. And so I, I, in my own head, I'm like, I'm never going to fucking see this person. They don't know who I am. And yet I have to think I need to invent a fake person because I'm getting so much food. It was, it's bad, you know? And then I'm 60, I look at myself. I mean, I think the biggest I ever was. Again, I'm five nine. I was, I think I hit two twelve. Um, and that's that's big. You know, yeah. I'm I I I'm supposed to be if I could walk around, you know, like 155, 160, that's great. Right. So getting up that high and not to mention my cholesterol was ridiculous and uh my blood pressure was terrible. I was snoring, I wasn't asleep, you name it, I had it. And it's and it all came from this kind of you know, unhealthy relationship with food. So now I'm trying to to, as you said, I'm trying to focus that into realizing this is going to be forever and realizing that I have to find a better relationship. I mean, the same with my, my wife. I had unhealthy relationships with women until I till I found my wife. So you can find the right thing. I've just got to try yeah. to focus that as well. It's just it's crazy. I cannot tell you. And, and I feel guilty saying this, how much joy you inventing people at the drive through <laughs> brings me because that's something I've done. And the the amount of shame that like that I'm doing that and just knowing that you did that, too, like makes me feel better about myself. You know what well, I mean? That's like, great. I mean, hey, I always say with anxiety that when I talk about anxiety, knowing that when one of the things that helped me more than anything was knowing other people were dealing with it, too. Yeah. Which is why I stopped not talking about it, not to use a double negative, but I did. I just. I kept it in and kept it in and I was gaining weight and I was on medication. And then eventually I didn't want to be on medication anymore. So I had to find uh, a better substitute for that. And I haven't taken a, a anxiety medication and got 15 years now, something like oh, that. Wow. Um, but I found other ways of dealing with it. I found meditation. I found reading. I then found exercise and running and cardio, which helped me quite a bit. Uh, but it was that same thing, just knowing, especially in L.A., I mean, you sit around a table with 10 people and you go, I deal with anxiety. Eight people go, so do I. <laughs> right. um, I mean, we're actors. We're the most insecure fucking people on the planet. Uh, so, and I think it's the same way of exactly what you're saying, where it's like you assume that everybody is, you know, their life is peachy and everything's great. Um, so, yeah, I, that same kind of thing where it came to that unhealthy diet is how I deal with anxiety now, where it's like I talk about it. Other people need to hear it. You need to know it and uh, it helps. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's so hard to not just go like everybody else in this room is super cool and super calm and has all their shit together. And I am just fucked. It's yeah. really hard to do that. 
to not do that. Uh, like I can't, you know, I even go into a room with people who I know are, are total degenerates. And I'm like, these people have it so easy. And and then it's like, no, it's not true. Everybody's yeah. got their stuff. We've all, we're all in this together to some degree, like assuming that, that, you know, it's the grass is always greener, but, yeah. but, but that guy has a terrible relationship with his wife, but he's got a great lawn who gives a shit about his great lawn. He can't, he hates his wife. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's a miserable existence. That would be terrible. And they, they, I don't know if you just read the new, the new study that just came out that um, it just came out like last week, I think that the relationships that you always think are the best are the ones where the people are, are like throwing them up on Instagram. Like, Oh my God, I love them so much. Those are invariably the worst relationships around. It's the people that never talk about their relate, like aren't throwing up pictures of their spouse every day or their partner every day. Like, Oh my God, you walk into a room and my life changes. Like those are the people that invariably get divorced. Whereas the people where you go like, Oh, that guy's been married for 35 years. I didn't, I didn't even know his wife's name. Those are the ones that last forever. Yeah. So it is, it's that same thing. You never, you always assume you're right. It's like, oh, yeah, they're the happiest couple in the world or he's yeah. got his shit together and everybody's got their stuff going on. I mean, it's just- I mean, that, but this is like the wildness to me of hearing you say that. And and like, I don't think when we were teenagers, like, I don't think we would have gotten anywhere talking to each other about this. I, I, no. I, I didn't I didn't know what was happening with me and what what I was in store for and why I did what I did did and i still don't know totally why i did what i did i'm just trying to avoid doing that in the future and not being completely psychotic right that's really of course yeah exactly of my life today um but like but like it gives me relief it gives me relief knowing we're in a fellowship you know what i mean like it it it, uh, and i'm and i'm happy that you're you've got you've got to figure it out to the degree that you do and that i've got it figured out to the degree that i do because we can talk about it now and go like, yeah. here's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Oh, that's great. Like you talking about being out in the wilderness with headphones off. I'm like, yeah, I always wear fucking headphones when I go for walks. I wonder what it sounds like outside. Like, I it's wonder great. what that's like. Yeah, I bet yeah. it is. Like, I want to do that. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's well, it's one of the things that was funny. And we've touched on this. And I know that you, uh, Blake and I and well, the three of us have touched on it. We're. It's not that we didn't like each other when we were on Boy and Younger. It's that we we thought we were so different. Yeah. I mean, for instance, I I, I still think you're 10 years older than me, which, of course, I am we're 10 not. Years older than no, you're I not. Think I am. How old are you? Are you I'm, like- four, I'm going to be 47 next month. Oh, we're the same age. That's what I'm saying. That Exactly. Right. So it's I mean, I we, thought I was 10 years older than you. Thank you. No, we're we're the same. We're exactly the same age. And it was. We were just you guys. I saw you as talk about having your shit together. I saw you guys as you were the such the cool kids. You had your group of friends. You were hanging out in Hollywood. You were doing all this stuff. I would go home from Boy Meets World. I would sit in my apartment. I'd maybe smoke a joint and I'd watch TV. That was every night for me. So it was we just we were just very different people. I mean, we were cordial. There was certainly there was no animosity or it wasn't like we were fighting or God, I hate that guy. We were just so different. Um, that it was, and I remember, and that's what Blake said to me. He's like, I thought you were a goody two shoes. And I thought you were, you were lying about it. Frankly, he's like, I thought you were kind of faking being like the good guy next door. And he's like, and then I met you again at 46 and he's like, that was just you. (laughs) He's like, yeah, "Yeah, that's just how I was. Um, so we were just very different people. And, and one of the things that we talk about on, on our podcast that you came on that we talk about all the time is we wish we had had these conversations back when we were younger. So much of the kind of 
shit we got into in the quagmires that were so unnecessary had we sat down and talked. But you don't know that when you're younger. No. You don't have the wisdom to go, you know what? I'm just going to walk up to that person. I'm going to have a 10 minute conversation and everything's going to be fine. You don't you're not fact checking yourself like that at the time. No. So and it, you're still figuring out who you are. Like, yeah, you know, I I I haven't had radical shifts in the way I view the world, but I, I do, I do think like, I see it very differently. Like I know, I feel like I know who I am today and I probably in 10 years from now, will go like, I don't, the world is vastly different from where it was 10 years ago. Sure. But like, there was so much more fear about everything. Uh, You know, I didn't like day one, I'd, I'd never heard, that you could get fired. Like we had a job and we had a job and Blake is the one who told me like, no, no, they'll fire you. And then we saw people. Yeah. People get yeah. fired. And so it's yeah. like, okay, I better mind my P's and Q's here. I am at work. I am a professional. And like. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's just it's just hard to have that point of view as a 17 year old kid. You know what I mean? It's well, again, we're in we're in one of the most unique businesses in the world in that when you're young, you're you're expected to be an adult, but you're a child. Right. I mean, I the first set I was on, I was I was 11 years old and adults are. Do you want water? Do you want this? Do you want that? And you're around. They're talking about their sex lives and all that kind of stuff. You're still a kid. Yeah. So it's a really weird juxtaposition to humanity, for lack of a better term. I mean, where you're just you're and even at 17, 17, 16, 17, you're at a very strange age where you're no longer a child and you're not yet an adult. So you have no idea who you are. You don't know anybody else around you. You just want everyone to think you have your shit together. 
That's all that matters. And so we're all putting on airs of, hey, who we are, what's going on. And because of that, very few real kind of conversations that matter and last happen. And and it is. And then, of course, that's where the big regret comes. You 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 do get older and wiser and you go back and you go, God, I wish I had talked. Talk, Danielle and Ryder and I talk about it all the time. God, I wish I had talked to Ethan and Blake more than I did. I wish I had talked to Danny more than I did. I wish we had real conversations and sat down. But you did. You never. It doesn't happen usually doesn't when happen. you're 17. You know, no, it was. It, yeah, I mean, there's so much I wish to, but then I'm ultimately like coming to today and going, "Am I happy with today?" Yes. Was it was it rough to get here? Yes. But yeah. like today is good, and and yeah. and I think if if you're if you're having a rough today, that okay, let's work on how maybe there's something from 10 years ago you wish you did do it today if you're having yeah. a rough today you, you, you know what i mean yeah um make I your have, bed i have all those stuff yeah exactly <laughs> start making your bed which is which is so like I, I like i think about the things i do every day i tie my shoes every day i tie my shoes because like i wouldn't yeah. walk around with you know some people do, I guess. Some of my kids might not tie their shoes every day, but like, kids, kids. For me, yeah, for me, I tie my shoes. It's not, there's no question about it. I just do it. And I didn't start out doing that. It was, yeah. it, it took work. It took effort. It took my mom saying, tie your shoes. And then I didn't do it. And I tripped and, and I learned, oh, if I tie my shoes, I won't trip on my laces. And so I tie my shoes now. I think you can do that with anything, even if you're as old as me who is a few months older than you will. Um, <laughs> and you're convinced like, this is it. I've learned and I have the habits that I have and they're irrevocable and I am who I am. I'm an old dog and you're not teaching me new tricks. Bullshit. Yeah. You can learn to do anything. I think. I agree. I agree hundred percent. And and it's, it's the, you know, not to get into the, the, the ass kissing portion of the podcast here, but you've been so inspiring to me. I told you that for for years now when we reconnected, when I did have uh, social media, which I'm glad I don't anymore. But when we did, uh, it was just it, you're one of the we're seriously one of the catalysts for me to be like, I've got to change my no one's going to do it for me. I've got to change my life. I've got to get out there. Um, so, yeah, that I, ser I seriously appreciate that because it was. It's exactly what you're talking about. Just by living the example, somebody will go, I got to start doing that, too. Yeah. And uh, and it and it helps because it you know, again, I've lost weight. My cholesterol is where it's supposed to be. I'm sleeping better. I don't snore anymore. You name it. Um, it's happened. And it's because I saw people like you going, nope, got to change some shit. And, yeah. and I did. So, yeah, it's it's you never know who you're going to help. So it's really cool. Will, thank you. I appreciate that so much. It means a lot to me. I love you. Thank you for coming on the show and talking about all this stuff. Thank you. Well, I love you too. Thank you for thinking of me. Uh, this has been awesome. I'm going to continue to pick your brain for stuff I got to do to continue on my journey because it's one day at a time. Always, brother. All right. Thanks, man. And now for the Q&A. This is from Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Matthew says, I'm 25, male, 320 pounds, six foot three and a half in Australia. I run a disability and mental health business. I'm about to graduate with my counseling degree. I've been doing, is it Muay Thai? Muay Thai, yeah. Uh, jump rope workouts and watching diet for a year and I've only gained weight. Mm. I'm currently seeing a doctor and they want him to put me on Contrave. Um, he says I've already tried, I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce this right, Sexenda, S-A-X. It must, you know, be some 
maybe it's, I don't know if it's similar or not, but he says, that gave me a stomach ulcer and gallstones. I'm reaching out to you as you're my biggest idol and I'm so inspired by you. I was wondering if you could share any workouts or meal thoughts. I just need to change something. I'm getting married next year. Okay. I don't know anything about either of those drugs. Uh, and those could be drugs that are readily available here in America, just called something else. And I might be familiar with them by their U.S. brand names, but I, I don't know anything about those drugs. So I, I don't, I can't speak to that at all. Um, I will say it, it's, it's tough because I too have spent time, quote unquote, watching what I ate. And the troubling thing with that is the perception of, of effort into a diet with no results is as real as actually putting effort into a diet and getting a result. Um, it's just there's disappointment. So like if your body requires 2,000 calories a day and you believe you're eating 1,500 and you're putting effort into only eating 1,500, you, you, you might not feel as fatigued as if you were actually only eating 1,500, but the effort you're putting into lessening your calories is real effort. I think we can sabotage ourselves in lots of ways while doing this by like, you know, believing that if you just don't eat processed food, you'll lose weight. And now that, that might have worked for someone because while they're eating processed food, they're overeating. And when they, when they stop eating processed food, they stop overeating and it's kind of this bizarre, miraculous thing, but I can totally overeat healthy food. So, so when he says I'm watching what I eat, I, I don't know what that means. Um, is he eating in a calorie deficit, which is all that the only thing that produces fat loss is a calorie deficit. Now you can achieve a calorie deficit while doing keto without even thinking about calories. You can achieve a calorie deficit by watching what you eat and eating clean without ever thinking about calories. You can, that can happen. But if you're watching what you eat and not losing fat, you are not in a calorie deficit. And so some effort needs to be put into reducing the amount of energy, which is all that calorie means, like energy unit, so reducing the amount of energy that you're putting into your body, that's the big problem with just I'm, I'm eating clean or I'm watching what I eat or I stopped eating processed food or I'm eating keto or any of these diets because it might work for somebody, but it will stop working if you don't reduce your food at some point. And some people will naturally reduce their food without thinking about reducing their food. That's true. But for anybody who has not lost weight on a diet, it's because you're consuming too much food. And so the, the secret is to consume less food. And then that becomes tricky because I think uh, there are diets which just put you into such a severe calorie deficit that, you, that it's not sustainable or um, your life becomes miserable and, you know, and then when you go off of those types of diets, you rapidly regain weight. So a very mild calorie deficit. If you can just shave 500 calories off 
the amount of food you're taking in every day, you'll lose a pound a week. And then however many pounds you want to lose, just figure it'll be that many weeks. But keep in mind that as you lose weight, you'll have to shave more off because your your baseline of calories will go down as you get smaller. So there's that to, to take into account too. So you can't just say like, today I require 2,000 calories, so I'm going to eat 1,500 that's not going to last forever because at some point in the future, if you lose weight, you'll only require 1,700 calories and you got to go down to 1,300 or, or whatever the math is. Um, those are all my thoughts on that. I have no idea about these drugs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I just really feel for him. I totally understand how that feels to think you're doing all the right things and not see results. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you gave that answer because it is you can break it down to that simple, you know, that simple way. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, there's there there's a couple other factors where you could be losing fat and not losing weight on the scale. Um, I would I, I would think that the after a year, the amount of fat you're losing is not significant, so it doesn't matter anyways. But if we're talking about like over the course of a couple of weeks, um, you can totally lose fat and and have the scale stay the same or even go up by. Um, you know, water, fire, like I, I remember I started to get my fiber up and my weight went up and, and the fiber holds onto water and carbohydrates hold onto water and salt holds onto water. And so you can be on a diet losing fat and the scale is not going to prove it out. Now, over the course of a year, that isn't true because if you were holding on to that much water, if you were losing fat consistently for a year and holding on to so much water that the scale was going up that would be you would be so bloated and puffy and you would have edema or, or congestive heart failure or something like that and um and that would be a whole other set of problems um but over the short term sure that that can be possible um where in the same way the scale can be going down and you could be losing no fat, you know, you could be eating at maintenance or even in a caloric surplus and developing fat and yet purge your system of carbohydrates and therefore purge your system of hydration and water and the, and the glucose in your muscles. And that's all water. None of that's fat and the scale could be going down. So the scale is a, is an interesting tool that, um, I always think of as a, a long-term statistic thing to look at, but on the daily, you know, who's to say? Now, if you get three up results in a row or if you're weighing yourself twice a week and over the course of two or three of those weigh-ins, it's going up, maybe there's something to look at. Have you, have you increased something that you're taking? Uh, there's so many variables in all of this stuff. Um, but that would be my suggestion. And, and I, I don't want to say that I, I believe he put effort into, quote unquote, eating right. And, and um, f over the course of a year, that's rough to not see progress. I've had that happen. By the way, I've had that happen recently where I was dieting, but I was a little bit loose with sauces. I was a, a little bit loose with I'll have a bite of my kids food. That didn't change my own perception of the amount of effort I was putting into dieting. So 
you come away at the end of it like exhausted by the fact that you had been putting that effort in there and there's no result. Okay, well, the effort wasn't enough and you weren't diligent enough. This is me talking to myself at this point. And you know that when you've been successful over long periods of time, you've been so diligent and not fucking around with extra ketchup and actually measuring stuff, you know. Um, I can very easily today eyeball my way through maintenance. I don't have to weigh my food to maintain my weight. If I want to lose weight and... Uh, I want to do it in a way that I'm not just hungry all the time because I can also just be hungry all the time uh, and produce the result of weight loss, but I want to do the same rational way that I advocate for, then I have to actually measure my food. I have to be very diligent. I can't just eyeball my protein and eyeball my carbs. I can do that and maintain my weight, but I couldn't at first. It took effort. I had to, f- to learn to do that. Um, Weight loss, I still have to be, I still have to be very specific with, and I think that specificity, um, I lose that because my version of maintenance is just watching what I eat, you know, and I practiced at it for years to get to the point where I could just watch what I eat. If I'm not watching what I eat, I'm gaining weight. If I'm watching what I eat after years of practicing watching what I eat and measuring all the food that will keep me this weight, I can maintain my weight. Just watching what what I eat will not produce weight loss for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Good. Well, good luck to our questioner, our listener. Uh, And uh, yeah, let us know how it goes. If anyone else has a question for Ethan, you can email it to us. The address is hello at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.